All right. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> that was my phone on my desk. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was the timpani that you bang on to signify the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. I could start, like, bringing instruments out and <laughs> do, like, an opening ceremony every episode. <laughs> That'd be sick, dude. Yeah. All right, welcome. This is Rock Hard Caucus, episode 77, our luckiest episode, until we get to 777. Double sevens on the dime. <laughs> uh, we've got the, the four people that have been on the show regularly recently. Do we need introductions this time? Everyone gets the picture now, right? <laughs> you know everyone's voice. You know who's here. You'll catch up. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about landlords and renting and uh horror stories related to such but uh before we get into that specifically our friend natalie here uh is now an opinion writer with the des moines (laughs) register (laughs) she's joined the editorial board (laughs) no no she's a published opinion writer she's always had opinions and she's always written them (laughs) i've just been posting them but I think we, before we get into it, I think we need to remind our listeners that the last time Natalie posted, um, it started an international imbroglio where everyone thought she shit her pants at the grocery store. So, yeah, you're sort of like broadening the horizons of what comes up when you Google your name. <laughs> That's gonna follow me forever. <laughs> but yeah, now you can Google Natalie Harwood and something will fill in besides shit. <laughs> also a published editorialist. Um mm-hmm. So two things that I have more derision than anything for is opinion writers and the Des Moines Register. And so <laughs> I am now an opinion writer for the Des Moines Register. <laughs> so I wrote an editorial about what's going on with the Des Moines City Council right now. Um, and so we'll link it in the episode notes. It's on my Twitter as well, which is at hot for Trotsky, um, posted. And I would really encourage you to go read it because I, I think it's really, really important that people know what's going on right now, which is temperatures it, this week are going to get down to like negative 20 in Des Moines overnight. And the city of Des Moines has opened no warming center whatsoever for houseless people. So, they're posting a lot, as cities do, apparently. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was going to ask because they, they said that they did, right? Right, right. But they're all they're doing is saying that they have the um, malls and libraries open and those are warming centers. So the reason they're saying it's okay that like every other mid-sized city in the Midwest, they are not opening a warming center, um, unlike everyone else is that one, we have the libraries and the mall open during the day, which for one thing, um, like a week and a half ago, I saw a disabled woman was thrown out of the mall because she had her service animal with her. I saw that too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they, they absolutely, I mean, mall security is just fucking tyrants mm-hmm. and they throw people out all the time. They don't let, are you kidding me? They don't let houseless people just hang no. out. Like, no. what yeah. the fuck? That's not a warming center. 
And then, I mean, the libraries are great, but like librarians are not social workers. We need to have actual services for people. And libraries are also not open overnight. And um, Des Moines had a resident last year freeze to death overnight outside the Forest Avenue Library, which was their warming center, and it was closed. Um, And someone died in a porta potty trying to keep warm. Like, it's fucking Mm -hmm. sick. It This has happened recently, like, the worst tragedies. Like, we have to do something about this. And it's so simple. For instance, the DART bus station downtown is closed overnight. It would be so simple to just give someone a key and let people go sleep on the ground in there. Like, (laughs) you know, I mean, people deserve more than that, but that's, like... As simple as it would be to save lives. And um, they're choosing not to because they're all either like garbage, small business tyrant Republicans or feckless liberals, um, except for Indira, who um, (laughs) I am obviously obsessed with and love. So love you, Indira. But everyone else is a feckless loser. And I hate them. And in particular, Connie Bozen, who ran on houselessness issues and considers herself to be a progressive um, in the meetings I've been to, has said some like pretty heinous things that I think are pretty emblematic of the way um, liberals discuss houselessness or like what they truly think of people who, um, you know, don't have a place to sleep at night. Yeah. She said um, one of my friends approached her after a meeting and she told him, you know, if you care so much, why wouldn't you let them just sleep in your yard? Which is like unbelievable. Like just like truly an abhorrent thing to say. Also, no one can let anyone sleep in their yard because it's a zoning violation. And the city of Des Moines has been like cracking down with zoning laws on like community fridges and when things people try to do things out of their house. So if you actually were like, okay, let's do that, you're going to get a zoning violation. Yeah, Connie will call the cops. Connie will call the cops (laughs) on you. I mean, people couldn't like... Um, that the woman who was running a community fridge out like at her property had shut it down because they said it like violated zoning laws because neighbors don't like people um, driving up, I guess, who need food. I don't know. People are fucking disgusting. So she said <laughs> that um, she also accused some houseless people of faking it. And said they aren't real houseless because they are not recognized by the staff at CIS, which is a central Iowa shelter services. Um, but which, then, like, wouldn't, why would they need somewhere to stay overnight if they were pretending to not have a house? <laughs> like, isn't that irrelevant? <laughs> well, and it just shows that like she has never spoken to someone who is housing insecure and might have a reason to choose not to go to the shelter. Like yeah, of the, course. Yeah. The people who are staff at CIS are not going to recognize every single person who is struggling with housing security yeah. um, because oftentimes they don't want to go to CIS. Um, and there are lots of valid reasons for that. You know, CIS has a role to play in the community, but it has a lot of problems. There's really severe overcrowding. Um, Indira actually went and canvassed um, one of the encampments in Des Moines and spoke to houseless residents and said, like, what is your barrier? Why aren't you going to CIS? Mm -hmm. So that she was able to present it to the council who had never spoken to a houseless person in their life, obviously. (laughs) 
Um, and so some of the answers she gave were, um, one of them was a veteran. He had PTSD and CIS was too crowded and it was much too triggering for him mm. to be mm. in a situation like that. I mean, they have people in weather emergencies sleeping in the lobby, laying on the floor. Like it's just, it's too many people in too close quarters for like certain types of mental conditions. Right. Um, and so he prefers to risk it outside where he can get some space and quiet and not, you know, go into a meltdown. To say nothing of the like potentially lethal virus that yes. is circulating right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Another person said they're like just too close together and are not sanitary and not hygienic and they're just mm-hmm. too concerned about getting sick. And I mean, that applies to everything, not just COVID 19, but. Yep. You know, it's just too crowded. It's too cramped. It doesn't have the capacity for this. Like, this is not the role of a private charitable shelter. It's just not. There was a woman who said that someone who was a former partner and abuser uh, is say, staying at CIS, and she didn't feel safe going there, um, which in the group chat, Stella pointed out that that is the domestic violence situations are the number one reason why women become houseless or housing insecure. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, It's so difficult, like, once you lose your housing, too, through domestic violence to regain it because oftentimes, you know, landlords don't want cops coming to your house all the time trying, like, to the house that they own trying to break up a fight or or whatever. So they're going to look for any excuse they possibly can to evict you or say, like, even like start the eviction process just because the police are coming, for example, or because there's loud fighting or damage to the unit which is actually protected legally but it doesn't mean that they don't you know yeah and then once you're out on the streets like you have that on your record you have an eviction on your record it's going to be really really difficult for you to find housing so yep domestic violence is like the number one reason that women end up without without housing and it was something we saw all the time as an emergency shelter and That was like, so it used to be that the state would fund DV survivors staying at the shelter for up to, it was like 180 days. So that was not a huge amount of time, but enough to sort of like start unpacking their trauma and like trying to find housing, which was the number one issue, and maybe trying to find a job and childcare and all of that stuff. And then they cut that down. When I was working there, it was like 90 days, which is goes by so fast. Oh my God. And there were many times that the 90 days would be up and, you know, we would do all we could to help women find housing, especially in Iowa City. It's so expensive. It was so difficult, especially when they're trying, especially they're trying to take care of kids. And oftentimes the time would end up, we would have to open the shelter to someone else and they would have to leave and they would have nowhere to go. So they would go to shelter house or, you know, end up houseless, or maybe we could connect them with like family members or friends who could maybe take them in. So they're like couch surfing, which is extremely difficult. And, you know, sometimes I'm sure there were women who ended up going back to their abusers because it was like a place to go, especially where they had kids. And um, as we were kind of thinking about this episode, I was remembering this one Christmas, I don't know where the money came from, but we had like a one-time big chunk of money that we had to use in like the month of December. And so we were using it for security deposit and first month's rent for as many women and families, like women and kids, as we could. And 
I think it just really goes to show if you just throw money at this specific problem, you can really solve houselessness yeah. for a lot of people and families. Like mm-hmm. the security deposit, first month's rent, that is a huge barrier to mm-hmm. getting stable housing. But once you're in there, like if you have income coming in, um, if you can just get through that stupid security deposit thing, you're really set up for a much more stable and successful chance at, at not being houseless again. So yeah, sorry. <laughs> Going on no. getting really wild up riled up about it. <laughs> no, it's it's perfect. And it's like a perfect example of why this is like such an upsetting issue is because like this is a thing that is so simple to solve. Like mm-hmm. we have so many social problems that are so huge. And here it's like downtown Des Moines is just full of just empty condos. Yeah. Like, you know, lines and lines and lines of brownstones that are completely empty. And it's like, this This would be so simple. Just say, like, you're not allowed to hold on to empty units. You're not, I mean, even, at, like, solving it as a larger issue than just, like, the warming center is, like, this is simple. But, yeah. like, the warming center issue is even more simple. You just have to unlock the bus stop. Yeah. And you even have people who are willing to volunteer to do it for free. Like, there's a big group of us who have con- who have said, like, we will stay there. And, like, the city of Des Moines has cots because they've done emergency things before. Mm-hmm. And they also have, like, tons of mats through the rec department. I mean, this is something that is, like, as, as close to free as you can get and with the highest bang for your buck. And they're mm-hmm. so fucking callous and lazy. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable and fucking racist because... You know, the, our most vulnerable members and houseless people are much more likely to be immigrants, are much more likely to have language barriers, are much more likely to be of color. And with the, like, truly horrifying housing meeting um, on that Friday, they were just, like, absolutely railroading Indira. I mean, mm-hmm. it was – they were out within – it was, like, a half-hour meeting. They called to adjourn <laughs> while mm-hmm. she was speaking. Yeah. Because a snowstorm was rolling in, and so they decided a snowstorm rolling in means we better hurry up and get home to our warm houses instead of voting, (laughs) let's open a warming center. And it's just like the thing that makes it particularly disgusting to me is the people that I have heard the worst, most dangerous myths from are the people who ran on like a progressive platform and who say all the right words and say unhoused instead of homeless and like have, you know, have all the right language. And so Mm. people just trust that they're not going to let someone freeze to death in a porta potty. And they do. They don't give a fuck. What Connie Bozen said is that she doesn't think that we need to provide housing if if the cis is not full and the reason it's not full is just because people don't want to follow rules. (laughs) And people... I just, like, I cannot, it just boggles my mind that someone would believe that a person would choose to risk freezing to death in the cold because they don't want to follow rules. Like, they, like, people without homes weigh things, their brains work the same as everyone else, and they weigh the risks of things. And they say, (laughs) and so they say the, you know, the burden, the risk of getting sick, the the crowded shelter, the condition, the way that the people there feel that they're, that, that it is 
a more comfortable place to stay at the Polk County Jail than at CIS because right. of the, like, the way that people are treated, which is, like, also gets into my, like, whole fucking three-hour-long soapbox about nonprofits and uh, offloading the, like, responsibilities of, like, society and the public good to nonprofit workers who are abused and exhausted and starving, too. That's such a good point. Like, how, if the issue is the staff don't recognize the whole, like, people who are potentially clients and so they might be faking it. Like, do you know what the fucking turnover is at places like that? (laughs) Like, I'm Yeah. How could you recognize someone? We have all these same problems with Shelter House in Iowa City. And also they're like really understaffed right now because no one wants to be in that position. (laughs) They're always understaffed. No, they're always looking for shelter coordinators because it's such a, the job is so emotionally, it can be really physically difficult. You can get yourself into physically dangerous situations. It is one of the hardest jobs possible. And they don't, they're certainly not paying them (laughs) the wage or... No, I mean, simply raising the wage there would solve a lot of their understaffing issues. That's part of it. And also, like, giving them the resources that they need to, like, effectively address the problem. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just so demoralizing to go in there and you really care about people and you're trying to do the right thing and just feel like you're pushing a barrel... A barrel. Uh, a barrel. <laughs> this is the myth of the barrel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, so you're familiar. You're familiar. Yeah. I, yeah. I fucked up so many idioms on this show. <laughs> I know, dude. Me too. <laughs> I think I'd do it the worst. Uh, but just like the point is is that like as we're gonna get in talking about landlord issues i hope that like you are attempting to hold some of your local government's feet to the fire um if you live in des moines or if you have a moment please um send an email to josh mandelbaum or connie bozen Those are the two, like, registered Democrats who I think they may not respond the best because they are, like, fucking prejudiced, classist, racist losers, but they will get their feelings hurt a lot, and (laughs) Mm -hmm. there's something to be said for that. So, (laughs) (laughs) like, if you email Joe Gatto, he isn't going to give a fuck, but, like, if you send an email, like, a really scathing email to Josh Mandelbaum, it'll hurt his feelings. And there's something to be said for that. And, like, just, like, ramping up the pressure. I have gotten pretty involved in local government now as of recently and have kind of come to see that, like, what people say about local government is, like, you got to get involved at a local level because you can make a difference that way um, is, like, pretty foolish because it's still <laughs> it's still fucking government and it's still ruled mm. by developers and landlords and it's yeah. still they still don't care about you. But your pressure is, it works better. And you can make people more personally upset. And that's a good thing. And it is easier to get someone in there like we got Indira in. And like, you know, it it does, like, you can see some results by doing stuff like this. So like, please do shoot the um, council people an email because it does make a difference. Yeah, it's not as worthless as like, 
writing Chuck Grassley, which I think is stupid and would never tell <laughs> yeah. you to do. Like yeah. it pro- it probably won't help to email your city council person, but it might. So well, I think Mandelbaum probably actually reads the emails he receives. Oh yeah, for sure. Mandelbaum reads the emails he receives. Yeah. He did tell me that because I asked what the best way to get a hold of him is. He has a form letter he's going to send you. Well, he hasn't even replied to me, but he hasn't replied yeah. to you. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> T- um, Tara from Iowa City sent one and got back this like really long letter, and I really like that because he's clearly like getting upset. And now, he, I mean, he didn't respond to me either, but I was I was pretty mean. Um, <laughs> I like asked him how he sleeps at night and stuff, so and mm. hope it's not nice. well. So I don't think he responds. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah, yeah. Um, please do. And like, if you do are able to get to a meeting, you know, it's good to go and talk and like at least make them really uncomfortable and, you know, hold their feet to the fire, especially these people who ran on this, like you mm. ran on being a liberal, like people elected you because they didn't think you would do something like this. And so, you know, Please read my article, kind of learn about houseless issues and send an email or, or call the city council or show up and hopefully we'll be able to pressure them into doing something because it's really such a simple thing and it really does save lives. Yeah. 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 Um, Des Moines Mutual Aid is also hosting a fundraiser right now yes, for thank you. raising money for utility bills, propane, mm-hmm. whatever it takes. And they're definitely good stewards of the money so yeah Des Moines Mutual Aid has been really incredible I don't know like they're really connected to everyone in the houseless community like they trust mutual aid so if you give money to them they'll actually be able to get it to people um and they're not gonna like respond with fear or like not be able to access it like if you gave it to shelter services or whatever so Mm -hmm. um we can post the link to that too it's the winter warmth fundraiser. Yep. Yeah. And if they are not, it's illegal for utility companies to turn off your heat for unpaid bills in the winter too. So if you know anyone who that is happening to them, that's very illegal. <laughs> I don't know what to do about it, but it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's definitely the stuff you can, you can definitely... <laughs> No, I mean, I, I'm saying just, I don't know, but oh, I'm sure there is something yeah. to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we mentioned the the Natalie's pieces in the the register, but we should also say it was originally published on bleedingheartland.com. So that's the link I'm going to put in the episode description. Yes, the it was original yeah, for sure. Yes, link. and Laura was very nice about it and like published super quick. And I'm now a Laura Bellin defender. So, um, Brandon, you can at me. Um, <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> she published it fast. She really did care. It took shots at two Democrats pretty explicitly, and she published it anyway. So, like, thank you, Laura. Yeah. yeah. Definitely back her over the Des Moines Register. <laughs> oh, yes. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to keep talking about housing, and uh, specifically, I think I already said landlords at the beginning. But so a while ago, I tweeted on the podcast account, this is like a month ago, that I had a bunch of episodes like we are in the planning stages of them and our friend sarah replied with another episode idea which was not helpful (laughs) 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 so now it's like wow just add another one to the list i guess but no this is actually it's going to be pretty fun i think so uh this is sarah smella on twitter she suggested that we do an episode where listeners to our show submit stories about their horrible landlords that they've had and we've got several submissions. 
well, actually, Stella has, gets credit for this because people weren't really responding until she tweeted <laughs> about it. So uh, Stella gets all the credit for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> to get us started, maybe we should look at these articles that Stella also pulled Oh, up. my God. Doing all the heavy lifting over here. <laughs> yeah. This is a great episode because I did not do very much work at all on it. <laughs> Well, maybe we can start by just establishing our viewpoint, which is that landlords are truly um, barnacles. They are (laughs) parasites. They are parasites. (laughs) If you own a property that you do not live in, that you rent out to other people, when there are houseless people, if you own more than one property, like you're a criminal. Facts. Yeah. I don't know. Did you guys recently are you guys familiar with Dave Ramsey? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what a guy. Oh my gosh. He recently, I don't know if it was like a recent episode yes! or whatever. Yes. He, I know he's what on, say. He's on his show, like he does a show, it's like 15 hours a day, I swear to God. <laughs> um and his theme song, I don't know how he got the rights to it, but it's that um when the jasmine testifies, <laughs> it starts with a saxophone. Uh-huh. Oh, is Justin supposed to know you, which is on? Do you need me to, yeah. you mean yeah. to pull this up? Or? Yeah, 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 if it has a saxophone in it, Justin probably knows. Boop, 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 ba da That's Baker Street. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you didn't know. No Baker Street. Uh, yeah. You're talking about jazz, jazz Man by Carol King, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you need me to play it for you? Or? No, I think I think I think my rendition will definitely suffice. <laughs> Can we end with it? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I know that music has always soothed the vengeful tempers of everyone on the podcast crew, <laughs> but. Anyway, so Dave Ramsey, who is a famous landlord, <laughs> he um, talked about how I think someone called him and like was basically like, "Isn't it like unchristian?" Like he's such a he loves to talk about how he's such a great Christian and like hmm. part of his plan for getting out of debt is like you have to also be tithing, which is like giving a certain pretend <laughs> yeah, yeah. like amount of your income to the church and yeah because if you if you're doing that then god will shine his favor upon you yeah <laughs> oh yeah he's he's fundy adjacent like he's, oh yeah he, it'll like, come back the, to you tenfold yeah mm-hmm. like yeah. obviously i'm obsessed with fundamentalists and they all run in the dave ramsey circles and all yeah. the like independent baptist people sell his stuff and like do mm-hmm. the debt-free living thing which yeah. is like a, a way to not send girls to college. That's what, <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, God is definitely a capitalist. Oh yeah. Why would life be Prosperity like Prosperity gospel. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, 100%. And like, anyway, someone called in to his, you know, 24-hour day show, his 36-hour a day show with Dave Ramsey and all the Dave Ramsey personalities and um, was like, isn't this unchristian of you to like raise your rent on tenants like during a pandemic and when there's all this like awful stuff going on? And maybe we should play that actually. He He had a really great answer that was basically like... 
Okay, I own rental property, single-family homes, uh, among many other properties that we own. And if I raise my rent to be market rate, um, that does not make me a bad Christian. Uh, I did not displace the person out of that house if they can no longer afford it. The marketplace did. The economy did. He said the market sets the rate. He doesn't set the rate. He has no control over <laughs> and, it. And yeah. God makes landlord. the markets. God makes yeah. the market, yeah. baby. Amen. He's a market Amen. baby. <laughs> Legally and morally bound to charge as much as the market will allow. Yes. <laughs> and biblically, yes. Jesus loves bankers. That's one thing that I know. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely in the New Testament. Bankers. Did you say he was really spankers? Bankers. He oh, loves the like bankers. He the money changers. <laughs> he loves those people. Oh boy. Uh oh, Evan. <laughs> anyway, landlords bad. <laughs> yeah, when we when we first, you know, we started planning this, uh, Stella remembered two like infamous Iowa landlords recent. right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Very recent. So real quick, this is uh, an article originally from the Iowa City Press Citizen in January of 2014, written by Josh O'Leary. This is about Elwin Miller. This is an Iowa City landlord who was charged in 2012 with spying on his tenants through bathroom peepholes. Uh, and he was ruled guilty on six counts of invasion of privacy. Kind of fucked up that owning the house, though, makes that illegal. Like, that doesn't make that legal. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like they own the house. Like, he can look in the people. I could put holes it. where I want in my property. Oh. Yeah. It's <laughs> an interesting line of if discussion. If your boob happens to be there, like a tenant's boob... That's not that's not my issue. Oh yeah, this uh, this was his attorney's defense. This is attorney Mark Brown, who argued in court that the prosecutor has failed to prove that Miller was viewing these tenants for the purpose of arousal or sexual gratification. And, oh, and that, he's that just surveilling he's them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And also, um, the defense argued that the state failed to prove that the tenants were nude when he viewed them. <laughs> Whether or not they're they're nude should not make a difference. The thing is, though, he did give them 24-hour notice every time that he was going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the defense did not work, and uh, he was he was charged with... I believe six counts. I didn't end up looking up the actual sentencing, but this all came about because three of his former tenants filed a civil suit against him. How did they find out? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. You Ugh. find a little you find a little hole? Come yeah, on. they must have like all like just been like did you notice there's like a fucking hole in oh. your unit? <laughs> they must have had to catch him doing it. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Even just like a hole wouldn't be that suspicious, but they probably like they must have seen him, and it makes you. Did you guys notice think, a like, hole with an eyeball on the other side? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you know that that picture where the eyes move all the time in our living room? Or in when our I bathroom? moved in, he said, "I cannot move this painting." <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! You know he did it. I'm sure he did. Got away with it for years, and oh, he yeah, rented sure. two young women and. Got his jollies looking looking at him. Yeah. 
Landlords being perverts is is a theme of a lot of mm. these submissions, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the other article that Stella uh, provided is more recent. This is from June of 2021. It was in the Daily Iowan, written by uh, Sabine Martin. I hope I'm saying their name correctly. Uh, this is about Iowa City landlord-tenant disputes dominating the university's student legal services agenda. So this is something that, honestly, we all know is happening at all times, is that all young residents of Iowa City are being ripped off by their landlords. (laughs) That's what this city is built upon. (laughs) uh, Property management companies just, like, bilking as much money as possible out of (laughs) 18-year-olds. It's so bad in Iowa City. It's definitely worse than Des Moines. You know, the rates aren't fantastic here, but oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They figure their parents are paying for college so they can yeah. afford the extra fucking rent. They yeah. don't know they don't know their rights. They don't have time to investigate like what their rights are or have any kind of like I always figured Iowa City would be bad, but the worst landlord experience that I had was actually in Windsor Heights. I rented an apartment behind Chuck Grossley's favorite dairy queen. <laughs> I live right by that. there. I'm close to there yeah. right now. <laughs> I lived on 69th Street. <laughs> Good apartment for nice. you know what. <laughs> and Damn. anyway, so I found this apartment. It was pretty cheap. So I rented it. And once I was slated to move into it, I realized like it was filthy it was so dirty whoever had lived there before had cats that had like urinated everywhere and so oh that's so hard to get out i've had to do that so um the landlord who was a you know private landlord paid for the carpets to be cleaned but i like had to deep clean the apartment and i ended up painting the walls they were these really ugly colors and i just like painted them more neutral and so like I put a lot of time and my own money like I paid for the paint and everything to just make it livable and then the air quality in the apartment was terrible because like it was a non technically non-smoking but everyone else in the building was smoking and it of course got into my apartment I was like getting sick all the time like it just smelled terrible all my stuff was starting to smell It'd be one thing if it was weed, but it was like cigarette smoke. <laughs> no, it's it's serious it because be it dissipates if, it if it's weed. weed. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. So anyway, I I was getting sick and I was like, I can't do this anymore. So I started to try to find a new place. I ended up like I'm gonna move home with my parents. And what I ended up doing was like finding a good subletter, getting her all set up, you know, which is something I don't think I had to do. And my landlord made it seemed like he was going to give me back my security deposit. Like he texted me and said he would. I moved out and then he just like went radio silent. And it was like, it was a large amount of money for me. It was like $600, $700. And so I really wanted it back, especially because he'd led me to believe that I would be receiving it. And what I ended up doing when he stopped replying to any of my messages was I had to take him to small claims court. And so I had to find a process server too to like serve him. Oh hell yeah. That's so much fun. Hell yeah. <laughs> that was that was the coolest part of the process. But then when he was served and he had to reply to like it costs money to do that to have a process server. And then it to file the claim or ever whatever. Mm-hmm. So this guy's day job though, he's a fucking lawyer. <laughs> 
<laughs> this oh, landlord. So um, <laughs> he like challenged my claim or whatever. And I'd also lost my copy of the lease at this point. So I didn't really, I couldn't really reference what was in there. And so I ended up dropping it because I was just like, this is going to be just a huge waste of time and, and money and effort. And it was just like really, made me feel really shitty the whole mm-hmm. time. It was just like, he's a bad guy. Don't ever rent from him if you live in Windsor Heights or the Des Moines area. His name is David Isaacson. And after this whole thing, I looked it up and I think he got in trouble too as a lawyer for some sort of like shady financial stuff. He's probably going to assume, I'm sure he's listening right now. Oh so. man. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be naming a lot of names also on today's episode. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's important for people to like fucking know. Did you know that in the UK, Security deposits. Have you heard about this? Yeah, they're yeah. they're held in trusts. Mm-hmm. The landlord shouldn't be the one holding on to the really? security deposit. Even shitty, yeah. awful co- countries like the UK has like yes, even <laughs> like <laughs> even fucking Turf Island has. <laughs> They, they can put it in a trust because, like... That makes so much more sense. Yeah. It's not really right for either party to be hanging on to it. Like, yeah. that should be in a trust, and then you, like, return it from the trust. Like, you can't hand... It's not right to hand it over to... I mean, that's absurd. Mm-hmm. And so I get really, really angry whenever I hear about things better there with their, yeah. like, fucking racism and disgusting food. Like, this is not okay <laughs> that they have, like, so many more rights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, they, have, they have a government. Healthcare, national health service. service. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You always hear that advice to like take pictures of everything before you move in, so you can like prove that it's not you who caused the damage because you don't have like any protections at all here. They can just steal it and make up any arbitrary reason why. We'll be hearing a lot about that. Stella said, (laughs) "Yeah, it's not like it's easy to get your money back if they do that." Yeah. Okay, so this article that I started on about uh, the university's student legal services agenda. They have been hearing a lot in the fiscal year 2020 about uh, students getting ripped off by landlords, basically, is what's going on. So in August 2020, Iowa City resident Emily Manders looked at her utilities bill and saw an abnormally high payment. Manders said apartments at Iowa refused her a full reimbursement after being charged for her neighbor's utilities. (laughs) Is apartments? So Uh, you guys, um, Natalie, you might be familiar with them, but like there's apartments downtown, which is like the notorious slumlord. Yes, that's the bad one. Yeah. They changed their name though. And so they have like all these shell yeah. companies like apartments yeah. near campus. <laughs> Sounds like apartments at Iowa could definitely be one. Like I'm sensing a theme for sure. Yeah. There's some intentional like obfuscation of like mm-hmm. which companies are which. They change their names. Oh, yeah. They like trade properties between each other. It's, I mean, they're all like in the same circle, just like siphoning off of a population of young people. Yeah. Dante's mm-hmm. circle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she was looking at her bills and she saw that she had been charged for her neighbor's utilities in addition to her own. And over the course of a few months, that added up to about $300. And they only would pay her back 200 Like, why? <laughs> How can you justify that? Because <laughs> they want it. They want to yeah. keep it. Like... <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. So... Manders tried to like get the city to help her with this, but city employees stopped answering her calls after a couple days because <laughs> they just don't care. And 
She says, the city said it was a civil issue and that I had to go sue them. But she can't afford a lawyer. This is like a recent college graduate. She doesn't really have the resources to hire a lawyer to get $100 back from her landlord. That's ripping her off. (laughs) And that's what they're counting on. That's totally what they're counting on. Exactly. They get away with all this shit because no one can really afford to push back. Not to mention showing up in court and all of that. Yeah, yeah. The time, time investment also, yeah. And the city doesn't give a shit because I believe Natalie said earlier that they are completely dominated by developers and Mm -hmm. landlords. Student legal services at the university said that 42% of their appointments were related to a landlord-tenant situation. And uh, let's see, there's some advice here from... Yeah, student legal services recommends that renters tour the actual unit they want to rent and read the entire lease before signing. So that's... (laughs) That'll solve it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's not, and that's definitely not an option for a lot of, especially like international students who, especially in Iowa City, you, housing is at a premium. At one point we had like a less than 1% vacancy rate. So like you had to find an apartment. And of course it's always like, like all of the leasing um, is set up to follow the academic calendar too. So you like, you have to find a place as quickly as possible, sometimes sight unseen if you're not in Iowa City. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Emily Manders, the subject of this article, mentioned at the end that the only reason she was able to pursue this as far as she did is because she was she recently graduated, so she just happened to have a bunch of free time. So. <laughs> I love her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I filed to file this small claim for seventy five dollars. <laughs> it's a lot. Like it's not. It's not an insubstantial amount of money unless yeah. I guess the city just sees it as not. It's like that's yeah. your hard earned money. And surprise, apartments at Iowa declined to comment to the Daily Iowa. <laughs> so that's just a couple examples of like what makes it into the media about local landlords. I'm sure you all know a lot more is happening that no one ever really talks about officially. So I guess we can start talking about the listener submissions. Do we want to just like read in a circle? Yeah, if we want to do that, we can. I can go first if we want. I have it pulled up. Yeah, why don't you do this first one here? This is from an old friend of ours. Oh, um, the, the one from Danica? Yeah. Okay. Um, it has Earthling at 420.69 in the bold brackets, but her she says Danica in the thing. Her, her so. name is in the, the body of the yeah. <laughs> submission, yeah. I just, sorry, Danica, not doxing you. We won't I think say. it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Danica hey, Patrick. It's um, at Earthling Force 2069 from Twitter. My name is Danica. I don't know if this would be considered a horror story compared to other people's experiences, but for me, it was extremely stressful. I've noticed like a couple people start that way, and I feel like everyone is kind of like pre downplaying their own like stressful, awful experience. Mm -hmm. And that makes me feel kind of bad. Like, you know, just because someone might like have an even worse thing doesn't make your thing not bad. Like, right. My spouse and I were living in our first apartment together back in 2016, a 300 square foot studio in Northeastern Indiana. Sorry, it's not Iowa. Oh, stop reading this one. We got to skip this. (laughs) Yeah. Not relevant to the program. Sorry. (laughs) 
Um, our apartment was on the third floor and our front door was right next to the door to the stairwell. Multiple times per week, people would barge into our apartment thinking it would lead to the stairs. I put a sign up on our front door saying, this is an apartment, not the stairs. As you may have guessed. <laughs> I love that. This did not work because people don't read. I went to our front office and told the property manager about this issue. People had walked right in at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. sometimes if we forgot to lock the door, or they'd pull and bang on the door relentlessly until they realized their mistake. She told me verbatim, quote, What do you want me to do about it? <laughs> Literally anything? I felt so unsafe. Thankfully, no one did anything extra weird. They were just mostly embarrassed they walked into a stranger's home. That reminds me of a time I stayed at this <laughs> hotel. It was really fancy. So you'd think this wouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen anywhere. But I check into our hotel room and I go to take a shower. And one of the employees used their key cards to open the hotel room door and saw me fully <gasps> naked. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, you should you should get free stuff. Did you get some free stuff? Oh my gosh, that's what I was hoping for. I didn't even get an apology. He apologized to my husband. <gasps> no. <laughs> oh my god. For seeing his property. Yeah. And oh, man. Then that same trip, that same exact trip. So we were staying there for two days. Second day. For some, like they, for some reason, they thought we had left. And so housekeeping staff came and they're like knocking on the door and we were in flagrante. And we're like, no, don't come in. And they were like trying to bust down the door, like banging furiously on the door. Like, is someone in there? Like, we're here to clean. It's just like, oh my. It was bad. It's a fancy, it was like supposedly a fancy hotel. Yeah. So Well, actually, not to, you know, divert from Danica's submission even further, but you just reminded me of two stories. <laughs> the the first is quick. My dad was just in Atlanta for work, staying in a hotel, and he said the maintenance guy just like walked in in the middle of the night. <laughs> Damn. What? what? <laughs> yeah. My dad like freaked out like what yeah. the hell are you doing? <laughs> and the other one, I thought this is what you were gonna say is that time years ago when I was at your house and a drunk girl just walked into your house and said oh, it was her God. house. Yeah. <laughs> That's an Iowa City. That's an Iowa City yeah. phenomenon. Yeah. I just happened to see her falls too. <laughs> that was that was wild. Yeah, she busted in and she's like, "This is my house," and I'm like, "No." And she goes, "I live here," and I'm like, "No, I live here." And thankfully, I mean, she was she was really drunk. And oh. she was with this guy who was not drunk, and he uh -oh. was, like, holding her up. And, like, I thought, you know, it was really, really predatory. And not to make him feel embarrassed or anything, but Justin, a mensch, made sure she got home. <laughs> yeah, we walked. We oh, She was, like, Justy. so drunk. She couldn't, like, even show us, like, her address or anything. <laughs> so we ended up, like... I think somehow we found her phone and we're like, yeah, and texted her roommate or yeah, something yeah, like texting that. Texting her friends or some shit. Damn. So yeah, we walked her home and it was like, she threw up all over the floor somewhere. <laughs> that was a crazy night. <laughs> this is some girl we didn't know. She just walked into Stella's house out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. you're such Iowa a good girl. You, pla you planted that story so that Stella would tell him. That. <laughs> <laughs> that's crap. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's crap. That's crap. I'm reading, Dan I'm continuing to read Danica's submission. That's crap. <laughs> At the same apartment, I found, oh no, I found a single bed bug in the closet. 
<laughs> and after having a war with an infestation at my last apartment in the same complex, it was oh, a recording issue throughout all the buildings. <laughs> oh, what a nightmare. That's traumatizing. Yes. I immediately panicked. If there's one bed bug, it's fair to assume yeah. there's at least a dozen more. Of course there are. There's never one. There's never, never one. one. Nope. nope. It's like I had mice and they live in nests of... Yeah. Yeah, they live in nests of six, and so I and I knew that it was always it, and so I would see each additional. Oh God, I hate mice. Uh, um, I had I had them once at an apartment in Des Moines and set out all these traps, and then I realized that I hadn't set the traps right, but the mice had eaten all the like peanut butter that I'd left out. So like I was just drawing so them in with like them. free, you're just feeding them <laughs> like a little buffet. Damn. <laughs> so she took a picture of it and showed it to the property manager. Um, property manager said snidely, well, I don't know what that is. There was a ma- <laughs> maintenance a guy in the office. Lie. Clearly you do. You're the <laughs> yeah. property manager yeah. of bed bug infested. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's a maintenance guy in the office, and he looked at the photo and confirmed my suspicions. We had our apartment tre- treated, and I didn't see any more bed bugs. I've had friends who lived in other buildings of this complex, and they've also had issues with bed bugs. When we've had our apartment treated, we had to pay for a portion of it, which I'm pretty sure is against Indiana's tenants' rights. Yeah, that's against Iowa law. You can't do that for something like that. Hmm. To this day, I still hate that property manager. She was always a bitch and acted like the tenants were an inconvenience to her, let alone actually helping them. I always tell people looking to move to steer clear of those apartments. We moved as soon as our lace is up, and we've been in our current apartment for four years with barely any issues. That's all I've got. Love you guys. Love you too, Danica. Sorry about oh. your bed bugs. Yeah. Oh, that's so unsettling. Oh. Oh. I'm sorry again about that time I unfollowed you on Twitter. <laughs> oh. We love you, Danica. Sorry. <laughs> what was uh. worse, thinking you had bed bugs or... Well, I mean, I or wasn't following did. her when, yeah. yeah, so I I don't know. I don't remember doing it. I don't know what happened. This sounds like a lie. Answer for your crimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll lay down the law. I worked at, uh, did you know, first of all, that, so I love when dogs have jobs and there are dogs that are trained to sniff out bed bugs. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Cool. Yeah. Dogs are so cool. Something, I, I had a job a long time ago. Did you where, sniff out bed bugs? Yeah. Was your job sniff. to sniff out bed bugs? <laughs> 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 well, no, this is where I met that dog. Um, but we had, we had bed bugs. <laughs> <laughs> and so what they do to like treat them is they like heat the entire property yeah. to like mm-hmm. 500 degrees and mm-hmm. like the floor is warped and I'll never forget it. There was like this really big, like we tried to clear everything out, but there's always something you miss that isn't going to be tolerant to that high degree of heat. <laughs> we had this enormous like jar of gummy vitamins and the heat had like oh, melted them God. into like a single mega gummy. <laughs> Did you just take one bite off of it? <laughs> yeah. I don't think away. we could even get it out. Like it was, it looked like like a brain in a jar. It was so fascinating. Damn. One of the most interesting things I've ever seen. <laughs> Besides, and I saw that dog that week. So. Oh, man. <laughs> I used to think bed bugs were fictional because of uh, you know sleep tight, don't let the bed bugs bite. I thought it was just like yeah. a saying or whatever. Hundred <laughs> percent. So nope. Funny. I didn't know they were real until like disturbingly late too. Yeah. That and narwhals, yeah. which I have learned are real. Oh yeah. So 
Yeah. They're real and they're super epic. <laughs> Do not seem like they should should be real. Yeah. Are you a unicorn shark? Fuck. What the, get, get the fuck out. Well, no. Uni- a unicorn whale, I think. <laughs> unicorn whale. I think they're whales. No. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Reddit loves them, so I, I don't want to talk about yeah, them anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, who wants to take this one from our other friend, Anastasia? Uh, okay. Do. Okay, you go. You All go. right, I'll do this one. All right. This is from Anastasia. We love you, Anastasia. Another... Shout out. You're the best. Yeah. Another friend of the show who has been on the show. Anastasia says, hey, rock hard cock team. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, basically, their go-to across several managers and two owning companies was to threaten eviction via a piece of paper on the door if your rent check was even a day late or if they thought it was late. <laughs> uh, and then in parentheses, they had usually cashed my check before they threatened eviction. <laughs> 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 and if they hadn't cashed it, they did have it uh, in hand. So she says that this, she lived in the same building and this was happening across two different companies that owned the property. So this is like multiple people that want to threaten to evict her. Jesus. They never called, emailed, knocked, or double checked to see if they did actually have their payment. They did. Uh, the first week I lived there, I had to sit down with their manager and help her understand her own books as she applied my first rent check, which I was required to hand over before they gave me keys uh, to my deposit account rather than my rent account. You would think that she would have uh, had to have done that already. I, I doubt Anastasia was the first person to ever live there. <laughs> right. And then uh, she attached the Google reviews for this place. So renters beware. Anastasia is talking about Ashley Square in Des Moines, Iowa, the apartment complex. Overall, it has a a 3.9 rating on Google. So they've probably been flooding it with like fake positive oh they built they built their reviews i spent forever reading reviews of various kushner properties and they're really funny because it'll be like like one star one star one star one star and then it'll be like they've recently changed to do management we just love them yeah okay so this and anastasia herself left a review which i'll read I lived here for two and a half years about two years ago. Worst management and property care I have ever seen. Management changed several times while I lived there and ownership changed at least once. Everything got worse with each change. (laughs) Uh, They threatened to evict me at least five times. Each time they already had my check and most of the times had already cashed it. That's so bad. They're really bad. They just really wanted to get rid of her. (laughs) Well... Because she's so rowdy. She loves to knit, you know? Yeah. I think it's probably because you have to give a certain amount of notice. So they want to give the notice as quickly as possible so that they can evict it the first possible, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Also, the last six months I lived there, the public spaces were filthy. And most of that was due to maintenance, working on things, and never cleaning up their mess or putting their tools away. That's a good opportunity to get free tools, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And Ashley Square responded to Anastasia's review and said, thank you for your feedback, Anastasia. We are so sorry that you had a negative experience living with us at Ashley Square. Since we're you sorry moved- if you were offended <laughs> yeah. that, we, that we have tried to evict you. <laughs> Five times, yeah. Uh, since you have moved, we have made major improvements and hold our team to very high standards by making sure we... And then it's the rest of it's cut off, but I'm sure we don't really need to read the rest of it. <laughs> Uh, next one is uh, someone from Iowa City, and this is an anonymous contribution. All right, I'll take it. Yeah, Evan, this, do your best anonymous voice. Okay. Um, Make sure Evan just put on one of those. Put a filter um, over my voice. Um, v for Vendetta, Guy Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah you know I have quite a few of those in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> this one says, Heritage Property Management, Iowa City. Heat stopped working during the negative 20 degrees cold snap last winter. Property manager claimed it was simply unavoidable due to the temperatures and less than the five-year-old heating systems not being able to cope due to undersized intake and exhaust ducts. Engineers. Engineers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we purchased space heaters while landlords spend a week oh, sending repair God. crews after two days of inaction and not communicating with us. Two days without heat. Yeah, I mean, come on, that's uh. horrible. Uh, heat finally came on again once temperatures climbed a bit. We still have no idea what, if anything, the repairmen did. When we asked for reimbursement, as is permitted by Iowa Housing Code, they claimed we never experienced any meaningful decline in comfort and were personally responsible <laughs> for, for buying space heaters. The IC housing inspector confirmed they had an obligation to reimburse us for the heaters or rent for the period the heat was out, but we couldn't afford to go to court over it. So, yeah, again. No meaningful decline in comfort. (laughs) Yeah. That's freaking ridiculous. That's awful. Also, space heaters are also, like, expensive as shit to run for any length of time, Yeah, and dangerous to have. Yeah, they burn that down that in the Bronx. They just killed, like, 19 people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, electrical standards are really bad in this country also compared to, like, other countries. Like, our whole system is, like, way more dangerous than, like, the plugs they have in other house or uh, other countries. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, that, that was heritage property management. Uh, I, don't, I don't know much about that one, but sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I can do the next one, also from Anonymous. Mm-hmm. Shitty landlord story for your consideration. This was about 10 years ago. I had moved in with my boyfriend's roommate's girlfriend. <laughs> boyfriend. Think about okay. that. <laughs> what a tangled web we weave. <laughs> and that's from a messy bitch who has had sex with a lot of my roommates. <laughs> Which seemed like a good idea at the time. We were over on Broadway, Broadway, right around the time the landlord was petitioning the city to change the name of the street to something nicer. What? <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if, if any of you would know what they're talking about with that one. <laughs> Is Broadway a street in Des Moines? Um, <laughs> Not that I know of. <laughs> The yeah. only one I know of is the famous one. Speaking <laughs> of nicer names for Wait, streets, yeah. I... You're talking about um, New York City? <laughs> <laughs> there were musicals all the time. <laughs> I live in a condo, and I recently found out the, at least on Google Maps, the little lane that goes through is called Bowser Lane. <laughs> so... <laughs> the- the place where we do pick up fruit for the community fridge is on Wubsy Lane, and I think it's cute. <laughs> That's so stinking Whoa, cute. Wubsy. 
Well, they might be referring to, yeah, Broadway in Iowa City. It's over by the, the Southside Post Office. Yeah, it's not. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So the landlord is petitioning the city to change it to something nicer. Yeah, I would like to know more about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in February, we had signed to renew the lease, but then we got a notice that the building would be remodeled and everyone would need to vacate. The landlord was kind enough to help us transfer the recently renewed lease into the building next door. They still charged us a carpet cleaning fee for the apartment that they were about to demolish. (laughs) (laughs) And the new apartment did not have a functioning shower for the first month of us living there. Oh, my God. That's wild. You know, I once broke a lease because I moved in and the kitchen had was like in the process of being gutted. Like there was no refrigerator or any way to make food. I think the bathroom, like there was no toilet. Like it was just a shit show, literally. And the <laughs> the guy, like the property manager was like, well, I have a hot plate that you can borrow. I was like, no, I'm not going to live here. Jesus. You mean like a hot like plate? Like as, as a toilet, you mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, to Cooking heat my turns. waist. <laughs> if you burn it up, it takes up less space. Yeah. <laughs> he said it was a solution to every problem I had. So. <laughs> okay, I can go next. Yes, it's your turn. So, Twitter DM... At Sheriff of Hive. <laughs> that is a really good handle. <laughs> Wait, Twitter handle Sheriff of Hive at Never Enough Fiber. Yes. Yes. Okay. Dumb quick property or dumb quick landlord story. High property in Tiffin, the apartment complex behind the come and go right off I 80. I'm glad we're hitting like some smaller town yeah, landlords too. We got a, a decent variety of places in Iowa with these submissions. It's great. I love this one. I only had to pay a $100 deposit during some promotion they were running. They tried to say the little water spots on the rubber flaps above the garbage disposal were $208 in damage. (laughs) Water spots on the rubber flaps in your sink. (laughs) It's like the little white spots that you get. (laughs) I hate getting... Uh, flap spots though there's nothing worse <laughs> that's a big problem for me if you know what I mean <laughs> shoving too much things down the flaps water spots on my flaps wow <laughs> I, just, I keep getting water spots on my flaps at the entrance to your uh, garbage disposal huh? at the entrance to my garbage disposal <laughs> Um, so they wanted me to pay $108 in addition to them keeping my deposit. Never paid it and never heard for them. Not the worst story by any means, but ridiculous nonetheless. I love it. That is such a stretch. You couldn't find mm-hmm. any anything to, ch- like, you couldn't find anything better <laughs> than, like, yeah. to keep his $100? Like... Or the there, sink is wet. You left the sink wet. <laughs> left the sink wet. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll do the next one. This is uh, from Aaron. Landlord story. A few winters ago, my heater broke. 
Instead of not working, however, it wouldn't shut off. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> it's like a radiator or some shit. That's awful. Yeah, I've yeah. had that. I've That's had the heat not turn off before. Worse than yeah. it's bad. Uh, my apartment got up to ninety degrees. It took multiple calls to them over the course of nearly a month. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> this is almost spring again. Get a month of hot yoga in. <laughs> I had opened the windows and lounged around in my underwear throughout the entirety of December. (laughs) Thankfully, I have free heat, so it wasn't expensive for me, but I highly suspect that the only reason it finally got fixed was the bill that they got. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh, that that sounds miserable. I had that happen to my um, apartment last winter, and I like took big pieces of cardboard and taped them over the heat ducts, because (laughs) like... Like, we couldn't sleep because it was just, like, churning heat out over our beds. <laughs> but, I mean, they they ended up fixing it. it. It wasn't for, like, too long. It was just for, like, a day. But it's still extremely fucking miserable. Yeah. It yeah. was 89 degrees. Like, yeah. it's so hard to sleep like yeah, that. Yeah, and if you have, like, pets, that can, like, kill them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Our friend uh, Tony is having a, a similar problem with his apartment in Boston. It's it's not a broken heater, but something about his apartment means that it's very hot all the time. <laughs> oh. I stayed at, I had an apartment once that was like on the second floor of an old house and all winter it was like probably 80 degrees in my apartment. Not like hot enough that I ever complained. I also like it was my first apartment so I didn't know that they, you know, they could do anything, like turn the heat off a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if maybe that's what's going on with, with Tony's. Yeah, I don't know. He's he's trying to do science and stuff to fix it. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, be careful. You could create a tornado. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enough hot air. All right. Uh, next one is from some dude named Pete, at Pete from the web. Uh, thanks, Pete. Uh, I'm sure others have worse stories. We'll see. Uh, even with this particular landlord, I rented from Bob Meal in Cedar Rapids from 2008 to 2010. Total sleaze. Our furnace stopped working during a major cold snap. His solution was to provide us two 150 square foot space heaters and told us we had to get the repairs done and paid for ourselves. Um, what? Okay. Uh, and then he also linked an article from the Gazette. Uh, appeal court upholds conviction for so- former Cedar Rapids landlord, Bob Meal. Now, I haven't read this, but... Yeah. Yeah. So th- this is one where it's like an infamous landlord. <laughs> uh, Robert Mule, 56, pleaded guilty to 18 counts of mail fraud and two counts of perjury <laughs> in 2009. <laughs> That's so many. <laughs> Oh, he was scamming for insurance money, faking storm damage, apparently. Uh, It says $336,000 in storm damage uh, at 145 properties. Yeah, so this guy is like a big, big time piece of shit. (laughs) Dude loved the derecho. He was like, cha-ching, cha-ching, here we go. (laughs) Yeah. God. And this is like the findings of this court is very interesting because it's like most of what we're talking about is how like it's basically impossible to like take your landlord to court for ripping you off. But in this case, the appeals court ruled Meal was in a position of trust over the tenants regarding their damage deposit. 
He had access to the tenant's apartments and money, control over damage deposits, and documentation of alleged damages, and he chose how to make repairs. The tenants couldn't monitor Mule in any of these actions, and cost of litigation for the tenants made it difficult to take any legal actions. Yeah. It's like super fucked up. He won't fix, like, actual damages, but he'll make up damages so he can fucking scam an insurance company. Yeah. The only reason he got caught or held accountable is because of the high value dollar amount, you know? Like, that's right, the only reason. Right, because he was also, yeah. also ripping well, off insurance companies. Ripping off, I was going to say, yeah. ripping yeah, off an exactly. insurance company, that's... Yeah. <laughs> rip off a regular person, no big deal. But yeah. Yeah. insurance companies yeah. got to get their money. He was ordered to pay more than $728,000 to uh, the victims, which I, I think they're talking about, like, the renters, because it says over 250 people. Well, it sounds like his policy was if there's damage, you fix it. Like, you have to pay for it. (laughs) Yeah. And then I guess he would maybe say he would reimburse them or I I don't know. Probably just told him to fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that was, uh, this was a Gazette article by Trish Mahaffey from 2011. And she's been around forever. Mm -hmm. I've seen that face on thegazette.com for years and years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, I believe it's Stella's turn. This one has a, a wonderful... This is I'm going to start all of my emails and conversations from now on. <laughs> this is um, from at Sophie... Or Sophie at stibbles17. Oh, oh, I was going to okay. say stibbles. Oh, sorry. Stibbles. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, start it again. I cut you off. <laughs> lol hey (laughs) not necessarily a landlord but when i lived at hubble apartments for a 12 building complex with an average of 12 units in each building they have only one trash compactor it obviously gets full super quick and only gets emptied twice a week people aren't going to bring trash to the dump realize it's full then bring it back to their apartment so they leave it by the dumpster well They wrote an email saying that if they find us leaving our bags of trash outside the dump, they'll look through the bag to find out (laughs) whose unit number it is and find us. Find us. God damn. (laughs) They're going to do DNA testing on your garbage. Yeah. You know what you have to do in that situation is put some real foul things in your garbage (laughs) before you take it out. Frame your neighbors. Frame your neighbors. I won't say what, but... You got to make them really regret ever sending that email. Instead of putting it, instead of cooking it on your hot plate, you just take that turd. (laughs) Yeah. So when she says Hubble apartments, does that, does she mean like Fred Hubble? Yes. Oh yeah. There's like ones right across the street. I was going to say that earlier is like, you know, you're talking about all these like shell companies or whatever, where they try it to do it. Fred Hubble puts his name on everything. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. It's just Hubble apartments everywhere. Mm-hmm. The vanity. Yeah. They're not good either. They're it's not. not yeah. There's not one a good right landlord. across from where I live. And yeah, it's uh, got the big Hubble sign in front, but it's She's not right, a good though. Apartment. Like people, they're not going to bring their bag of trash back to their apartment and store it in their apartment. I would never do that. I would never do that. 100% I would leave it at the compactor. Of course. It's your problem. What else? (laughs) Yeah, you're not going to surround like stinky trash in your apartment for (laughs) weeks. (laughs) I'm already in there. We don't need to be stinking it up anymore than it already is. (laughs) Still in her hot plate. one stinky trash in this apartment. (laughs) (laughs) 
So th- this was a 12 building complex with 12 units in each building. So 144 units, and they have one <laughs> dumpster <laughs> <laughs> that's emptied once like, a week. Yeah. Well, twice. Or a twice week. a week. Twice <laughs> a week. Still. But yeah, that's a lot of apartments. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, basically, I think the lesson there is everyone in that complex needs to learn to waste less. It's their fault for having so much garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you guys care about the planet? <laughs> yeah. Hub- Hubble Apartments. I mean, Hubble's a big environmentalist, right? <laughs> He's <laughs> just trying him. to train you to waste less. <laughs> uh, Sophie did say she thought she still had the email that the complex sent to her about threatening to go through their garbage. And I she really want it. A screenshot. I, I forgot to follow up about that. So, Sophie, if you have that screenshot, I would still like to see it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, oh e- email from um, Sarah at Sarah Smella. Right. It um, was her idea to do this episode. So, she better send in her own submission. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Love you all. Love you too, Sarah. I live in the Jefferson County area. I used to live in Fairfield, and now I live in a farm a few miles outside of town. Fairfield, if you aren't familiar, is this little liberal haven in a sea of red. We have the Transcendental Meditation Maharishi International University College here. Huh. Mm-hmm. This makes the housing market quite unique for rural Iowa because of the larger-than-usual college student population with high housing turnover, as well as numerous millionaires with literal mansions. <laughs> Yes. Uh, if you don't know about Transcendental Meditation, a lot of weirdo like movie directors and shit are into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Da- David yep. Lynch is a big TM proponent. Um, mm-hmm. The guy who played Ben Horn on Twin Peaks lives in Fairfield. He at least has a residence in Fairfield. <laughs> Jim Carrey's into TM. He spoke say, at their yeah. graduation a while back. Mm. There's yeah. a lot of money involved because I think if you're not like... Jim Carrey or David Lynch, you go to join <laughs> and you like surrender your worldly possessions. Yeah, and wealth. it's it's a cult. And yeah, there's like, some Scientology vibes. Yeah, Scientology is exactly what I was going to tell you. Where it's like there are some people who will go through your trash. I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this causes the rent to be pretty high. A good apartment being around seven hundred for a one bedroom for like a rural area. That's high. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah, that isn't much for here, but definitely a rural area. The wages around here don't really match that price well. Anyway, Mm -hmm. when I was 19, I rented a tiny one-bedroom in a segmented house on the top floor. The landlord, a TM boomer boomer think hippie from the 60s who never did much himself except meditate in a dome in a lot, lived below me. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I hate those nasty people. (laughs) Rusty old motherfucker. If you need me, I'll be out in my dome. (laughs) (laughs) When I moved in, he informed me they had just put new white wool carpet in the living room. (laughs) Who thinks of this shit? OMG. Okay, cool. I'll take care of that the best I can. He and the woman he worked uh, lived with had 5,000 cats, which is cool. I like cats, but the place smelled like cat piss when he walked up. Okay, no big deal. My place smells fine. Once he called me at 8.30 p.m. to tell me I was playing music too loud. It was a reasonable volume, as I was being respectful. Another time, his partner broke into my house when I was in the middle of taking a nap in the day because the gas um, with the gas company because she smelled gas. <laughs> <laughs> the service guy told me the only thing he smelled was whatever weird food she'd cook for lunch. LOL. 
<laughs> I moved out less than a, after less than a year, my circumstance changed. And when I told them I was going to rent a carpet steamer to clean the carpet, he freaked out because they were wool. I roll. Then when I tried to get my deposit back, he told me the carpets were dirty, so they had to pay professionals to clean them. And oh, I had somehow broken a piece of the railing on the stairs. This didn't happen. I didn't fight with them because I was young and not informed. A theme. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. a friend of mine rented the place after me, and when she moved out, he used the same excuse to keep her deposit. So basically, <laughs> if the railing was broken, he left it broken so he could keep deposits from all the tenants. Oh, my God. And having wool carpets that were difficult to clean was a way he could gouge people out of their deposit. Yikes. <sighs> that's anyway. the thing is, like, when we don't talk to each other, that's why I think we're doing a big public service. Like, <laughs> people have to talk to each other to detect when people are using the same lies and bullshitting people in the same way. And we all have a hole in our wall with an eyeball in it. (laughs) (laughs) We all got that that old eyeball hole. Um, (laughs) Yikes. Anyway, he was bad. Ew. But also he gave me pawpaw fruit for the first time and that was pretty cool. Will you bring my friend Sarah, please? What is (laughs) pawpaw fruit? I don't know. It's the way she said it is so funny. (laughs) (laughs) I I would also throw in a like one time something funny happened to me so I guess he was okay type yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> my other experiences were renting in my community haven't been horrible but there are a lot of slums that people try to charge too much for think a roast infested kitchens for $900 a month that's half my current lo- monthly income ew anyway love the show and all of the hosts and if you ever want to talk Jeff Shipley hate or weird hippie cults I'm down oh my god she's a cult girl yeah. <laughs> oh oh please hit me up with the cults that's all I do. Yeah, it's yeah. My, I, my, it's my only interest. I, I mean, honestly, <laughs> since we started the show, like the big Fairfield mega episode has been looming. <laughs> like, yeah, Ooh, we got to talk uh, about Fairfield. There's a lot oh my there God. for sure. I know people with stories. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. I was unaware of this. I'm, I'm obsessed. This is going to be. I spent so much time on cults. Like, it, it's <laughs> fucking disgusting. I spent half my day on, on like, various Reddit fundamentalists. So, like, <laughs> it's just like, I love that shit. I can't wait. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Pawpaw fruits have a sweet custard-like flavor, somewhat similar to banana, mango, and pineapple. Hmm. Sounds, sounds pretty good. sounds kind of good. Yeah. They're named after pawpaw because that's what grandpa's taste like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. I've never Interesting seen that you know that. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> she said she had sex with a lot of her roommates. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, the last one is anonymous, and it's a bit of a doozy. This is like a a big one in Des Moines. Well, I say it's a big one, but the way that they start the DM is here's a pretty tame one. Well. They all say that because doesn't everyone doesn't stay tame for long. <laughs> no, everyone doesn't want to like doesn't realize how fucked over. Every single story that we've had is stuff that really fucking sucks, and you're right yeah. to be mad, and your mm-hmm. your anger is valid. It's yeah. like your house, yeah. your housing, like it's your home. Even if you're renting, like it's a very vulnerable position to be in, where someone is looking through your garbage to detect if it's yours <laughs> or. I mean, talking about your flaps or, <laughs> you know, your freezing. a hole in your shower or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that one might be the worst. <laughs> but they're all bad. It's they're not a contest. They're all, I mean, they're all be, fucked up. 
the people with yeah. the holes in their bathrooms probably have the biggest complaint, but right. <laughs> they're all bad. Yeah. <laughs> they're the only ones who got justice, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. All right, this one gets crazy. But as I said, it starts, here's a pretty tame one. One day, <laughs> our water stopped working. Sink, toilet, shower, none of them had running water. We hadn't heard anything from our landlord about plans to turn off the water for maintenance or anything, so we called Des Moines Waterworks to see if it was an issue affecting our area. They told us that our address was delinquent on paying bills, so we shot our building owner a text saying that just so he was aware. We then got a text from the building manager. This is separate from the owner. So the building manager is the one acting as their landlord, whereas the building owner is someone who just owns the property and lives out of state. So some piece of shit. <laughs> but the, the local, the building manager got pissed, texted them, called them liars, and was getting mad because they were going around him to his boss. And they went around him to his boss because they had learned that this guy is never going to help them out, so they need to contact the guy above him if they ever wanted anything to be accomplished. <laughs> so uh, the landlord told them that he had shut off the entire building's water for a sink install, <laughs> but didn't notify any tenants. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, he definitely forgot to pay it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, he God. continued to call us liars and said that we were making up the Des Moines Waterworks thing. <laughs> We were like, what the fuck? Okay, we just wanted to make you aware. <laughs> and then, uh, so the person that sent us that story, like, they had collected stories from a lot of people that were subject to this building manager. So we decided to only do the, like, for sure verified stories right here. So here's one that's verified because it happened to my upstairs neighbors. They were leaning out of their window to smoke, which looks down over the street in front of our building. <laughs> Sorry, <I read> it. <laughs> the landlord was sitting in his truck jerking off. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so the upstairs neighbor texted the landlord something along the lines of, You know we can see what you're doing in your truck, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow that's bold and oh he replied he replied with something like you're an r word <laughs> <laughs> this is the person who's up in the local news comment uh, section saying it's really respectful to call us housing providers and not landlords yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and calling the tenants the R word for noticing. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my gosh. Uh. Landlords are, they're just like us. Yeah. And I do have this In guy's name, truck? which I, I will reveal at the end. Um, but. Until then, more verified stories. Uh, the landlord was harassing a family in the unit below me, and they believed he was also abusing their dogs based <gasps> on how the dogs acted when the landlord came around. Oh, my God. He was also messing with the electric breaker, so they were without power the last few weeks they lived there. <laughs> Uh, the family moved out over the course of a week at nighttime, so he wouldn't notice. Oh, my God. I remember thinking it was so strange until they told me why. They were terrified of him. So that one's a bit sinister. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and then the previous tenant in my apartment had a shower that did not work most of the time she lived there. <laughs> most of the <laughs> and time. The landlord made them go to the unit next door and use that shower. 
uh, that apartment was under renovation, and then the landlord would come in while they were there <laughs> to use the shower. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah. And then he'd go out into his truck and he'd jerk <laughs> off. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. In full view of uh, the second floor apartments. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so after that family that we were just talking about uh, moved out of the unit below the these story sub- submitter, uh, a single black mom moved into that unit, and the landlord charged her twice the amount for a security deposit than oh he did oh for uh, the person who sent us these stories. Yeah. It doesn't matter, because he's going to give it all back. So. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Of course. <laughs> so then uh, the person who was sending us these stories also sent me a Reddit thread about this guy on r slash des moines so the guy we're talking about is ed allen and ed allen also owns a restaurant called zora which opened in des moines not too long ago i've heard of this guy he's a fucking scumbag (laughs) that's what everyone in the comments says (laughs) (laughs) so just just a few comments from the reddit threads about ed allen this is from toucan sam spelled with a k toucan sam Maybe a Lord of the Rings reference? I don't know. He solicited one of his tenants for sexual favors as a substitute for paying rent. She is currently looking for a new place to live. And a reply to that comment from Sezulax. <laughs> that's C-Z-U-L-A-X. He tried to get me to be a bottle girl for Zora, but when I questioned him, he clearly didn't know shit about running a business. Shocker. All you really need is money to open a restaurant. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I've heard about Zora. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that was the theme, is that Zora seems to be chaos. <laughs> yeah, well, I've heard he specifically, like, hires, like, women who look very young and then <sighs> harasses them, so... Yeah. Suzulax continues, on top of that, he wanted me to walk around wearing fishnets and leather boots, plus a leather skirt. And when I kept saying no, he, of course, required an answer. Uh, I lived 45 minutes away, so I figured that was a good enough answer. <laughs> but uh, he tried to offer one of his apartments to me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, which they did not accept, of course, because then he would have full access to their apartment as a manager of the building. And as Sezulax puts it, why the fuck would I ever consider that? <laughs> uh, one more in that thread from AIS110. He literally tried harassing me to work for him when I was hammered at a bar, then got pissed at me when I told him politely while sober that I had another job lined up, LMAO. Dude can fuck off. (laughs) This is all the truck jerking off guy? Yes, this is all Ed Allen. This is all people (laughs) talking about Ed Allen of Des Moines. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, apparently he goes around harassing people constantly downtown (laughs) and... I guess expects that no one will ever find out. (laughs) And then there was a second Reddit thread that I found, which is also about Zora. And I just thought this comment here was uh, interesting as well. This is from no particular 3454. And they say, I know the owner. I know the general manager. I know everybody in that (laughs) shithole. Ed's racist as fuck. He puts his hands on every girl Downtown bars won't even let him in. Plus, the cops are looking for him because he can't keep his hands off young girls. Dude's weird as fuck. 
He stalks my friend at the strip club. He's fucking weird. Oh my gosh. You guys need to go to the their website, ZoraRooftop.com. Um, I think you just need to see it. I think the website Hero Banner video is made in like Second Life or something. <laughs> <laughs> I've oh, never seen anything like it. I recognize this now. Yeah. Oh my gosh, look at it's like the metaverse. Yeah, look at that look sexy at us, lady it's walking. Sim. It's what Sims. the hell is this? <laughs> wow, that's nuts. What? Oh man. Oh, this is what he did with the money he was supposed to use to pay the water bill. <laughs> <laughs> he bought this video. Yeah, this is like his that nephew designed so the building weird. in The Sims. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm glad I know that because I keep driving by that place and think the like rooftop looks nice and I would have ended up going if I didn't know that. The fact that it's like a 3D rendered image suggests that like this is a place that doesn't exist yet because that's what right, they're usually yeah. for is like yeah. development projects when they're yep. trying to get funding or whatever. <laughs> Their Facebook page says we are now open still on our soft opening. They also serve Northern Lights pizza for some reason. I, I have no idea what the connection is there but I just happen to notice that. <laughs> Like on, I think it was Northern Lights on their website. It says you can now get us at Zora's Bar or whatever. Interesting. Yeah, there's a couple bars like in the downtown area where you like order pizza in from specific, from like Gusto or like they have like relationships with them. It's weird. Yeah. This looks like not spectacular. 50 better restaurants on Ingersoll. So (laughs) it's like right on the intersection of Ingersoll and Florida. (laughs) <laughs> yeah this is this is like boring when you could go to eatery a it's right there oh yeah eatery a they rocks. have an appetizer called piglets <laughs> <laughs> please don't at me if eatery a is owned by a scumbag they have a meal called the scooby solo Calzone. also something called the beast oh with that's a, a northern lights that thing says, ask your server <laughs> oh yeah Whoa. <laughs> For some reason, Northern Lights calls their calzone Scooby Snacks, which I don't really understand. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't either. It's Scooby kinda... Snacks are like little dog treats, not calzones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know what a Scooby Snack is. Yeah, those and aren't I know calzones. what a calzone is. Uh, That's not. Sure would, I'm sure he would love a calzone, but he knows that's not a Scooby Snack. Those are specific treats he loves. Are they, though, or is anything he eats a Scooby snack? No, it's a specific thing. It's a specific... Obviously, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> He'll happily eat a giant sandwich with everything that he and Shaggy find in the fridge. Yeah, on yeah. It, and it's like oh, six yeah. feet tall. Dagwood style. Yeah, yeah. Dagwood style. I got you. <laughs> with a two-foot toothpick through the middle. <laughs> that is distinct from a Scooby snack, though. Yeah. Scooby Sammy. <laughs> Well, thank you to all of our friends who sent us stories about their horrible renting experiences here in the state of Iowa. (laughs) I'm glad we got, uh, as I said before, a good variety of places. We got the major cities. We got a few little small towns. So, yeah, it sounds like it's uh, landlords are pretty shitty everywhere. (laughs) Dang. (laughs) That's why I think the blanket judgments we made initially are apt yeah like if you're a landlord look inward (laughs) (laughs) but don't but don't do it in a dome outside (laughs) yeah look inward 
not into a hole that you drilled into your property. <laughs> In fact, I just noticed that I, I accidentally skipped Anastasia's sound off or her like sign off when I read her submission. And I think she sums it up very well when she says, all landlords are bastards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think that's what we learned tonight. Yeah, I think that's a good way to end the episode. Um, there is one thing I, I want to plug a little bit. I put out a cassette tape of weird music last month that if you're a fan of weird music, you might enjoy listening to. And if you have a cassette player in your house, uh, you're probably going to want the cassette tape. So go to my band camp, justinkcomer.bandcamp.com and check it out you can listen to it for free too i'd be happy to hear your feedback is there a lot of feedback on the recording too not too much there is a little bit (laughs) justin is too modest as usual to mention it but he also has had some really good write-ups for his music and little village had a really good review oh yeah yeah genevieve trainer wrote a very nice review of that album yeah oh well and i'll while we're talking about i'll credit the other improvisers on the album jake jacobs sorry jake jones she goes by both names but she's been on this show a few times on our patreon yeah she played drums on the album she rocks yeah yeah Yeah. uh gabby vanek played electronics and will yeager played bass i know that fans of all of them also listen to the show so (laughs) i feel like there's some kind of like gassing up Justin conspiracy going on over here though because every other second Stella's in here like and Justin's a Mitch yeah. Natalie he's been having a really hard time and today is his birthday <laughs> no no listeners know when my real birthday is so yeah yeah oh yeah but yes, Never forget. Stella and I were. Uh, Never forget. We were in the Zoom room before Evan and Natalie, and we we made a plan to. Uh, <laughs> All right, now say some nice up. stuff about me, Justin. <laughs> You're not holding up your head to the bar. You haven't yeah, said anything. I, I needed time to prepare. I couldn't think of anything just uh, like on the spot. <laughs> You should have a pocket full of anecdotes to make your friends look good at all times. Every friend. Come on. All right. Let me get out my notebook of friend compliments here. from the master.